us over to the book of Colossians, chapter number 3. Colossians, chapter number 3. I want to give you a, another good morning. I appreciate your attendance here today. Uh, I want to thank you if you're visiting with us. Thank you for worshiping with us today. I know uh, you could have been any place in the world and you chose to be here, and uh, we're grateful for that. I, I, member or non-member or soon-to-be member, I, I, I don't take your presence lightly here this morning. I appreciate it, and um, it's an honor to be able to minister to you today, and I know that the Lord has something here for you uh, today in his word. Uh, amen. So Colossians chapter number three. Uh, last week, if you were here, we, we started a new series entitled You, Me, and Us. Uh, we was looking at building community through unity. And uh, if you didn't catch that, we preached on accepting one another uh, you can catch that on Facebook Live, or, or the, it's, it's saved in the video. You can request a copy of the DVD. Uh, it's been recorded, and uh, you, can, you can get your own personal copy. Any of those things are available. If you missed it and you uh, want to get that, just let us know. But we, we, we saw last week that in order for us to ever have a true unified body, then the first thing we have to learn to do is how to accept one another uh, inside and outside of the church. We've got to learn to accept one another. It isn't my job. It isn't your job to judge folks. Uh, you know, I get so, I get so, I guess, amazed how quickly we as the church are, including myself, how quickly we get mad how unbelievers may act or talk or do. Can I say something this morning? They're unbelievers. Unbelievers are doing what unbelievers do. Amen. The world is doing what the world knows how to do. It's up to the children of God to shed some light. Amen. And pointing fingers never sheds light. Amen. Um, so we have to learn... Uh, and God teaches us that we have to learn to accept people, uh, not to judge them, but to love them just the way Jesus loved and accepted you and I. When we were lost and undone without Christ, God looked down through time, loved us and sent his son to die for us. Uh, thankfully, somebody was the light in your life. Amen. Thankfully, somebody was the light in my life that pointed me to Calvary. Uh, they accepted me is what I'm getting at. And so we looked at that and we had a word of the week and it was simply forbearance. Accepting and forbearing one another. Putting up with differences in order that Christ would be glorified uh, in this body. And uh, by the way, that does not mean that we get walked all over. That does not mean we're passive. We just let anything and everything go. Uh, we don't want to take that out of context, amen? But we do have to learn to accept one another. And this morning, I, I want us to look at something that if we were to take a poll today, I would, I would go as far as saying 90% or more of Christians 
would say that they have had or are having a problem right now with this topic. This morning we're going to talk about forgiveness. I want to teach a little while. We're not going to, I'm going to try to teach this morning on the, on the topic of forgiveness. Most believers that I have counseled in my ministry uh, on this subject have struggled with one or three problems with forgiveness. One, they've struggled with forgiving someone who hurt them or hurt a loved one. They have, they have come to the point in their life where they, were, they struggled so much with the fact that what she done to me or what he done to me or what they done to me or what they done to my family or what they done to my child or what they done to my sisters, aunts, cousins, uncles, peaks. They struggle with these things. They say, preacher, how can I forgive? You have to forgive because Jesus said to forgive. And then others have struggled with forgiving themselves. They've been in a place in their life where they've made some serious, 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 serious mistakes. And it's the type of mistake that sorry doesn't fix. And they've struggled with that mistake. And they've been forgiven by the Lord, but yet each and every day that mistake eats them a little bit more every day. And they say, preacher, I, I know that I'm going to heaven. I know that I'm saved, but, but preacher, you don't understand. I can't forgive myself for what I've done. I would say to you, why do you hold your standards higher than God? God has forgiven you. You must forgive you to move on. And then there's three. I've counseled people that have struggled with receiving the forgiveness of God. Preacher, I want to do this and I want to do that. But I, you don't know the mistakes that I've made. How can God forgive me? How many of you have ever heard, how can God forgive me? How can God forgive me? I'll tell you how he forgave you. With each lashing that he took, with each smack he took, with each nail that was driven into his hands and into his feet, that's how he has forgiven you. With the blood that he shed, the life that he gave, the love that he has for you, that's how he has forgiven you. How do you receive such forgiveness? It's just simply a gift from God to you. Acknowledge it and allow him into your heart and life. Completely changes everything. Let me say this this morning before we start. I feel the Lord. Living a life of unforgiveness. Listen to me. Living a life of unforgiveness will hurt you more than it will ever help you. 
living a life of unforgiveness will do more damage to you than it will do to the person you're unwilling to forgive. Let me say this. Most of the time, it does not even bother them that you will not forgive them. Most of the time, it's just constantly, every day, it's eating at you. It's causing you sorrow. It's causing you to eat the extra piece of cake. How many people's ever known to eat their feelings? It will cause you to eat the extra piece of cake. It will cause you to stay up late at night crying your eyes out. It will cause you to go into anger and rage every time you see them. It will cause you the pain by simply holding it in. It will never help you. So this morning I, I pray that my one goal here is to just shed some light and help us all to become better forgivers. And maybe you're here and you've not truly been forgiven. Today I want to help you receive God's forgiveness. Now, here's the thing before we start. It's not that we don't like the idea of forgiveness in here today. Most of us, we all want to be forgiven. Amen. When it comes to our own failures, when it comes to our own shortcomings, we think that forgiveness is a mighty fine idea. When I look at my life, I think, oh, boy, I'm glad there is forgiveness. However, when it comes to somebody that's betrayed us, somebody that's hurt us, somebody that's talked behind our backs, somebody that's hurt an innocent child, when somebody that's hurt somebody in our family, when somebody has done some grotesque things in their life, when somebody's divided the church, when somebody's lied to us, when then forgiveness becomes an idea that we don't like. When we're the injured party, most time we seek revenge not mercy we tend to see our wrongs as something that's so small but the sins of someone else has to be accounted for wash my sins away O oh Lord but their sins has to come to justice Drop the hammer on them, but please allow me off easy. God is not a respecter of persons this morning. Amen. Forgiving one another may not be easy, but this morning it's necessary. Amen. You see, none of the one another's you'll read throughout the scriptures will work out if we don't forgive one another. You can't love one another if you can't forgive one another. You can't serve one another if you can't forgive one another. You can't encourage one another if you don't love one another. You can't accept one another if you don't love one another. If you don't forgive one another. So this morning, let's read together. Stand with me. Colossians 3, verse number 12. We're going back to verse number 12. 
The Bible says this, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, and meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and modishing one another. In psalms and hymns, spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Father, in the name of Jesus, we ask your blessings on your word, for I know that it is anointed. God, it's sharper than a double-edged sword. Father, it helps, it heals, it kills. God, it is the powerfulest thing in this world, your word. God, I pray today that we would shed just some light on what you've said to us about forgiveness I pray, Lord, that as we leave this place today, we can release the hurts that's bottled up in us. God, we can get it as far away as we can, that we may leave this place with the peace of God ruling in us. God, have your way this morning. Bless your people. In Jesus' name, we do humbly pray this morning. Let me say this this morning. Say this with me. Lord... Teach me to be a forgiver just as you forgave me. Amen. You be seated in the presence of the Lord this morning. As you read through Colossians and several other writings of Paul, you would think that with all these different calls to love and accept and harmony and encouragement, you might think Paul had a very unrealistic view of the church. Uh, but instead, Paul's view of the church is not unrealistic. He is not ignorant about human nature he is not ignorant about hate. He's not ignorant about none of these things, but because before Paul met Jesus on the Damascus road, Paul himself was a man that was full of unforgiveness. He was a man that was full of hate for Jesus and everything that Jesus stood for. He was a man that hated the believers. He hated the church. He hated because inside of him was a ball of rage for everything that he thought was against what he had been taught. Let me clarify some things this morning some things you've been taught is not right now I know that it ain't gonna set well with some people 
I know some people's going to say, but you don't understand Pappy and Mammy. And they said, some things we've been taught just ain't right, okay? Uh, I'm sorry, but that's the, that's the truth. Paul was an elite religious man, but some things he had been taught were not right in the accordance of the eyes of God. And Paul did not have this unrealistic view. He knew exactly what hate would do to a man. Paul knew that the church is not a fairy tale utopia. Uh, it's not a place where we never hurt each other. It's not a place to where we all live happily ever after. And every Sunday we sit in a circle and sing Kumbaya. In calling us to forgive each other, Paul acknowledges that inside of the house of God, there is failures, there is shortcomings. He recognizes that there will be times when we as people of God are not so loving. <laughs> there will be times when we're not so accepting and there will be times to where we're not so encouraging to one another. I try to put the smilingest people I can at the door back there. You know why? Because there's nothing like going into the house of God and somebody having a bad day, getting their lip poked out this far, look like they've been sucking on a lemon all morning. That makes you real encouraged on it. Praise God. Hallelujah. Because we all go through spells in our life where we're not everything that we're supposed to be. Sometimes we're hateful. Sometimes we're judgmental. Sometimes we're disheartening. And this is the very reason that you and I have to learn to forgive one another. There's one thing that I can guarantee you this morning. If you are a part of the church, you'll get hurt. Doesn't sound very nice to a pastor to say to you. Would you rather me lie to you? If you're part of the church, if you're part of this church... There'll be times that you will get hurt. If you know me long enough, there'll be times that I will hurt you. Not on purpose, of course, but there'll be times uh, that things will slip my mind. Uh, things will slip through the cracks. Uh, I will let you down. Uh, there'll be times you'll be working hard on something and something else will pop up and it will get my attention and I'll forget about it or I'll let it slide or it... I'll forget, and guess what? You'll be hurt. Preacher, I thought we were going to do this. I worked hard on this. You did. And I'm sorry. Squirrel caught my eye. I don't know what happened. There'll be times to where Sunday school teacher will hurt you, but not on purpose. There'll be times when the leaders will hurt you, but not on purpose. One person said, uh, uh, it's, because, it's not because we're cold-hearted, it's not because we're a bunch of mean people, but it's because we're all sinners. 
Where there are sins, people get hurt. We may all be forgiven, but we're all still struggling with things in our life. We all still sin. We're still growing. We're, 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 on, we're, we're, we're on our way to be where God wants us to be, but we're not there yet. The church is full of imperfect people. We're all messed up. That's why we need a Messiah. So if you're looking for the perfect church, give up your search. If you find the perfect church, do not join it because you will ruin it. Amen. And perfect sinners come to the need to forgive each other. Now, forgiveness may not be easy. In fact, sometimes forgiveness can be the most difficult thing you'll ever have to do in your walk with God. Sunday morning is easy to get up. I mean... Not for everybody, but for the majority, it's easy to get up, put some clothes on, and go to church. Can I, can I get a witness to that? It's not too complicated to do that. But releasing something that's hurt you for years is hard. Even though it's the hardest thing, we desperately need to learn how to do it. And to understand what forgiveness really is... And how to do it. It may be helpful this morning for us to just to take a moment and look at what forgiveness is not. Because there's a lot of misunderstanding about forgiveness. So I, let, let me help you this morning. I'll tell you what forgiveness is not. Number one, if you're taking notes with me, write this down. Forgiveness isn't just accepting someone's apology. <laughs> People will hurt you and then they'll say, I'm sorry. And, 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 and there may be or may not be any real sorrow in their words. It may just be a polite gesture. They may have no intention of changing how they treat you. But true forgiveness may involve accepting someone's apology, but understand that it's much bigger than that. In fact, everything the Bible says, about forgiveness, the word apology is never used. Jesus never said, go to that person and say, I'm sorry to them. It's not what he said. You see, forgiveness is not simply accepting someone's apology. Forgiveness isn't simply minimizing or excusing sin. Sometimes when people wrong us, they apologize. We act like it was really no big, no big deal. We play it down even if on the inside we are really, really hurt. Now, I don't know about you this morning, but there's been times in my life, uh, and if, boy, if you're, if you're ever in a position of leadership, people will turn their backs and walk out on you for no apparent reason. And you may act like it does not bother you, but I promise you, it hurts. And then people leave you for no reason. They just walk out on you. You've ministered to them for years, and all of a sudden, the next best thing rolls in the town, and you're yesterday's news. That hurts. And forgiveness is not simply minimizing that. It's not pretending that it didn't hurt. I'm not saying that we shouldn't be sympathetic or any of those things. But Jesus does warn us that we have to remove the log from our eye before we pick somebody else's out. 
Forgiveness goes beyond just minimizing or excusing things. When God forgives our sin, he doesn't say that's okay, you're only human. You ever had anybody say that? I'm sorry, I'm just human. Jesus never said it's okay, you're Everyone does it, I understand. It's, it's, it's really no big deal. After all, I'm God, I can take care of it. No, God says that our sin, our sin has to be accounted for. It has to be repented of. Our sin is rebellion. It's something grievous. It's something that sent His Son to the cross to pay the price. God does not minimize it or excuse it. Forgiveness is not something that we just simply minimize and say, it's no big deal. But three, forgiveness isn't just lessening the pain with the passing of time. We've all heard the saying, time heals everything. Time heals all wounds. Just give it some time. Yeah, it is true that time does lessen, but hurt never goes away. Hmm. <laughs> One day we swear we'll never talk to that person again, but then a few months, then a few uh, a few months later, we 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 may or may not feel quite as hurt. But every time we see them, the pain stabs again. Pain is, I mean, forgiveness is not just giving it time to pass. There's some hurts that never go away. There's some hurts that never go away until you forgive. Forgiveness is not just lessening the pain, but, but, but the four. Forgiveness isn't just agreeing to not get even and then steering clear of them. Many people think that forgiveness is promising not to punish someone for the wrong they've done. I forgive them because I didn't punch them in the face. I, I should have punched them in the face. But I, because I didn't, that means I have completely forgiven them because I didn't give them five across the lip. You got to understand forgiveness is not just steering clear because the relationship will never be the same again. Do you understand that? Forgiveness is, is not just agreeing that I won't reconcile again. I mean, I won't go, I, I, I will not come against them and punish them for what they've done to me. But forgiveness, the relationship is broke when I steer clear of people. We've all said this before. I forgive you, but I'm through with you. I forgive you, but I'm afraid I'm never going to be able to Speak to you again. I forgive you this time, but you better be careful because my eyes are on you. If you have to tag something on the end, listen to me, church. You did not forgive them. If you have to tag something on the end, if there is, I forgive you, but you're still holding something in your heart. Let me tell you something. It's not hurting them. It's not hurting them a bit. 
it's hurting you. Forgiveness is not agreeing and steering clear. Forgiveness is not a feeling at all. Sometimes I don't feel very forgiven. Amen? Sometimes uh, uh, I don't feel very saved. Amen? Sometimes we all go through different emotional states because forgiveness is not an emotional state. It's not a feeling that we have. I think it's something you do when you feel like it. When I feel like forgiving, then maybe I'll forgive, but it's not an actual feeling. Forgiveness is not based on how you feel. It's not deciding to be friends again just because you no longer feel like being mad at a person and others don't think that they can forgive because they don't feel forgiving. Forgiveness can't wait for your feelings to lead the way. Many times, forgiving will, forgiving will feel like the last thing you ever want to do in your life. And if we wait until we feel like it, too much damage is done. You understand, the longer I hold this thing, the longer I keep this grudge, the longer I, I let this eat at me, the more it hurts me. It's not hurting them, it's hurting me. And the longer I hold on to it until I feel like forgiving them, there's more tension. Let me tell you something. There's one thing about tension. You don't even have to, you don't have to know what's going on to know there's tension. I've, I've preached in churches, walked through the doors and said, holy Jesus, where's my knife at? I got to cut the tension. Because the right's mad at the left, the left's mad at the right. I've been to family reunions where there's more tension. Boy, somebody's fighting before we leave. Lord Jesus, I've been to Christmas dinners where somebody's fighting before they leave because there's so much tension in the house. You know why? Because Aunt Susie won't forgive Uncle Johnny. That's the reason. It's all about this thing called forgiveness. Forgiveness is not waiting till I feel like it. Here's a secret this morning. Although we may not feel like forgiving, when called upon to forgive, nothing will heal your heart like forgiveness. Without forgiveness, bitter will rule you. Without forgiveness, anger will will rule you. It will poison your hearts and you will become a prune in the Lord. You will become someone that is just eat up with this stuff inside of you that's eating at you every single day, every single moment, every time you see them, every time you see her, every time something reminds you of the accident, every time some, something reminds you of what he did to you, every time something comes up, your mind and your heart will go there and you will be nothing but a prune and hurt. It robbed you of every joy you ever had in the Lord. Yeah. It robbed you of every blessing that's coming your way. You see, understand, unforgiveness is like a dam. It stops the flow. Amen. The flow that's coming to your heart. 
See, there's some things in our life we ought to be so we ought to be so excited and so thankful for them that these pews would not hold our hind ends down. But you know, oh, I'm about to let it go. But there's there's so much junk in our life of unforgiveness and unthankfulness and ungratefulness that we continue to sit down. Okay, I, I got to move on. I know we run out of time. So, so all this stuff, is, it's not what forgiveness is, okay? Now, real, real quickly, I want us to take a moment to look at what, what, what forgiveness is, okay? Just, just bear with me. I've ate this all week. It's time for me to get it out. Amen. Forgiveness. What, 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 preacher, what, what exactly is forgiveness then? Forgiveness is a decision. See, don't you love a preacher that's not smart enough to preach over your head? Forgiveness is a decision. It's an active choice that you and me, we have to make. It's an act of faith. Uh, We won't want to feel like forgiving, but we trust Jesus uh, uh, that not only can the forgiveness heal our relationship, but that it can heal our hearts. Uh, It's something that we do to pursue it. Uh, We love anyway. It's something that we do. It's because Jesus asked us to do it in faith and trust in who he is. The very root word of forgive that Paul uses here in our text is this. Gift. Gift. It's the same word that is at the heart of the word Grace. In other words, what Paul is telling you and I in this text. Forgiveness is not earned. Forgiveness is not deserved. Whoever wronged you does not deserve it. Whoever wronged you has not earned it. But it is a gift. It, we, we don't despise, we, we don't dispense it based on how worthy they are. But it's based on the fact that Paul said that God forgave you. Did you hear what Paul said there? He said, forgive them as the Lord has forgiven you. The basics of the which that I and forgive somebody this morning it's because when I was lost and undone in sin and rotten and hell bound and there was no good thing inside of me God looked down through time he sent somebody in my life that would shine the light of Jesus and he pulled me out of the mire the reason we forgive is because what God did for us Six years ago, you wasn't so pretty either. Five years ago, you wasn't so pretty either. Last month, you wasn't so pretty either. But now, because of what God has done for you. Your whole attitude's been changed. And Paul says, just as Jesus gave you the gift... In return, you've got a gift to give to somebody. It's the gift of forgiving them. 
Imagine this with me. What if God forgave us the way we forgive everybody else? Imagine that he withheld this great blessing. Imagine that he would always keep his presence from us. Imagine God, oh God help me. Imagine God said this, I forgive you but I can't come around you no more. What if God said, I I love you, but I'm going to steer clear of you. I love you, but I'm never coming back into your presence. I'm never going to allow you to feel the blessings anymore. I'm never, I'm going to forgive you, but boy, I'm never going to be around. My life would be miserable without the presence of God in it. But many of us, we do that to one another. We say, I forgive you, but I'm not coming around you no more Christmas dinner. Bless God, you're not invited to my house. But I forgive you. I forgive you, but I can never get close to you again. No. If God forgave us that way, we would be full of a no-hope life. But this morning, my only hope is in the forgiveness of Christ. My only is in what He done for me at Calvary. Paul is pointing us to something higher than just the words that come out of our lips. Something bigger, something better. He's pointing us to the way to a forgiveness that brings healing and hope. If you want to forgive someone, there's, there's four things you need to do. And I'm done. Number one, if you're going to forgive somebody this morning, if you're going to give the gift. By the way, forgiveness means to release something. It's, it's to release it. Yeah. So let me tell you something. All that stuff you got bottled up this morning that's it's killing you, by the end of this service, you need to come release it. You need to let it go. Matter of fact, some of you need to come let it go right now because it's, it's bottling up inside of you. You can't even worship this morning because it's, it's got you tied up. You need to release it. It means to release. But if you're going to release it, it's one four things. One, you cannot dwell on it. You can't dwell on the thing. I won't repay it. If I'm going to forgive it, I can't keep replaying it over and over and over in my mind. I can't allow it to fester. I can't allow it to grow. I can't allow it to eat at me. Yet, that's the exact thing most of us do. We hold on to the pain. Forgiveness begins when I make a conscious decision. God, just as you let my sin go, what they did to me, I'm going to let it go. I'm going to release it. I'm getting it out of my system because I'm not going to let it control my life. I got to let it go. I got to get it out. I got I need to talk to somebody. I need to pull my preacher to the side. I need to pull my Sunday school teacher. I need to pull my wife. I need to pull my husband. I need to pull them to the, I need to get this out of my system because it's killing me. It's killing me. I've got to make a decision that I'm not going to replay this in my mind. 
day in and day out. I've got to let it go. And sometimes I've got to let go of them. I gotta let go of them. I gotta let go of them. If you hold on to them, sometimes they'll grab a hold of you. Sometimes I gotta let feelings of resentment and bitterness get inside of you and it wraps its tentacles around you and it will hold you into a place of nothing but hurt. Forgiving someone's beginning with letting it go. Not dwelling on it. Not letting it be something that instant replay in your mind. First Corinthians tells us the love chapter, love keeps no records of wrongs. Some of us need to get rid of our record books. I remember back in 1979, 2.30 in the evening, you said this to me. Man, you might as well let that go. Because nobody else remembers but you. Nobody else remembers that. Two, I got I, I hurry, I'm going. You're going to forgive somebody. I will not bring this incident up again and use it against you. Now watch this. I may bring it up to talk to you about it so that you get healing from it. But I will not use this incident against you. What is the difference in that, preacher? Well, I'm glad you asked because I wanted to tell you. Some of us keep wrongs in our filing cabinet as ammunition. And every time we get into an argument, most of the time it's husband and wife, but it goes deeper. Every time we get into an argument, that's our go-to pistol. You remember that time, bless God. Yeah, you remember what you've done? Don't you ever get mad at me because I didn't put my socks in a hamper. You remember what you've done? Do you remember? If I have to do that every time, I never forgave her and you never forgave him. If I got to pull it out every time in my life, every time you disagree with me, I pull that thing out. I didn't forgive you. I stuck it back in my filing cabinet. Because the next time you wronged me, I was going to pull it out. Look what you did. Look what you did. Forgiveness says that I will not bring this thing up to harm you with it. I may bring it up to talk to you about it because I have to get it out. You have to know how I feel. It's okay to talk to people that hurt you and let them know they hurt you. The Bible tells us to go to them. We are supposed to go to them and work it out. We're supposed to do that. Jesus said, go to that person. One on one. And y'all sit down and y'all talk about the hurt. But I won't pull it out to hurt you every time we disagree. Amen. Number three, I got I to keep moving. If I'm going to forgive you, not only will I not bring it out and use it against you, but I will not talk to everybody else about it. 
There are many times when we hurt, when, when we are hurt, we cannot wait to get on the party line express of AT&T or Verizon or Teen Mobile or whoever you have. I don't know my phone, phone. Hey, let me tell you what so-and-so did to me. Let me tell you what they said to me. You will not believe this. This is what they said. You can, can you believe? You know what? He didn't even shake my hand this morning. He didn't say hello. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't say nothing to me. I can't believe it. Yeah, yeah, I know. Can, can you believe what he done last week? I'm going to forgive somebody. I can't get on. I can't, I can't do that. Most of the time, if we mad at somebody, we want everybody else to be mad at them too. We automatically start trying to get people on our corner. Let me tell you something. You stand truthful and humble and honest, you won't have to have nobody in your corner. I'm not going to get on the phone. I'm not going to talk to everybody about the incident that occurred. I'm going to do what Jesus said. I'm going to go to that person, and I'm going to talk to them about the hurt. And if that doesn't help, Jesus says, I'm smarter than y'all. He says, go get somebody else and take them with you. And if that doesn't help, then what you need to do is you need to get with your preacher. And, you, you, boy, y'all need to bring this stuff before the church. We're going to fix it or somebody got to go. Talk about it. I won't talk about it with somebody else. Now, once again, we're not talking about counsel. We're not talking about counsel. There's not a problem in this room that I haven't heard twice. I'm all, my ears are always available to listen, to help, and to give wisdom where I can give wisdom. Yeah. Talking, to, talking to counsel is one thing. Talking to somebody trying to get them in your corner is a different type of thing. Amen. I'm not going to talk about it. And lastly this morning, I'm not going to allow this incident to stand between us or hinder our personal relationship. Amen. See, the final stage of forgiveness is, is a promise that says, I'm not going to allow this to separate us. Yeah. I'm not going to allow it to. You see, forgiveness is one thing about forgiveness that, that God wants you and I to understand when it says, just as the Lord forgave you, when the Lord forgave you, He reconciled you. Reconciled means that He brung us back together. If I truly forgive somebody, the ball's in their court. They may not forgive you. That's, that's on them. They may not love you. That's on them. But when I release what they've done to me, I give the opportunity to be reconciled to them. I'm not saying they've got to be your best friend and go out to eat every week. I'm not saying, I'm not saying that. I am saying this, though. I can be in the same room with them without wanting to put them in a chokehold. 
because we've been brought back together because I released all that bitterness inside of me. When God forgave us, He restored us, the Bible says. God doesn't forgive us and then separate us. I forgive you, but you go your way and I'll go mine. True forgiveness, true forgiveness always restores that which was broken. True story and I'm done. Many of you know already that I was, I was raised mainly by my mom, my grandparents. Uh, when, when, I was, when I was conceived, my dad was married to another woman. He was at the picture. I saw him one time in my life. I was 13 years old. We met at the park and talked for a very few minutes. And he handed me an envelope that $40 in it, and that was it. You know, that aided me a long time. It aided me. What did I do? What did I do to deserve that? I mean, he's, he's got four, other, four or five other kids, and I, I saw one of them every week when I saw his wife every week at the bank when the bank was open in, in uh, another, another, another place. And it always aided me. What did I do? What was so bad about me? To one day I decided, you know what? I ain't going to let this hurt me no more. I'm not going to let this hurt me no more. I'm going to forgive him for what he's done. And now the ball's in his court. If he wants to be in my life as a grown man, he's welcome. But the ball's in his court. I can't let this fester inside of me no more. There's some of you this morning, you've got things festering inside of you. It may not be dad, it may not be mom. It may, it may, it may have been an incident between this or that. There's so many, there's so many. But some of us has got festering things going inside of, I want to encourage you, let it go to say. Let it go today. Let it change you. Let it no longer hurt you. And if you're here this morning and you've never experienced the forgiveness of God, let me tell you this. God forgives you in order to bring you to Him. So whatever, whatever guilt you're holding on to, grace is big enough to cover it. When he went to the cross, your shame, your guilt, your sin was on his mind. And he wants to bring you into a place of relationship. Would you stand this morning? Every head bowed, every eye closed. We're going to pray. These altars are going to be opened. Father, in the name of Jesus, as 
we look inside of our own hearts and our own lives. God, the things that we bottle up. Lord, I pray today that we would be people of forgiveness. People that don't hold the grudge, but people that open up our hearts and release those things that we've got bottled up. Lord, that we get them out of our system. God, that we let it go. God, it's only hurting us, and we come to realize that this morning, that my anger is not hurting nobody but me. And this morning, I decide that I give it to you, Lord. You went to the cross. You died for me. And God, I give this burden to you. Your shoulders are broader than mine. You're stronger than me. You can carry these things. And oh God, I give it back to you. Father, I ask in Jesus' name right now that you would speak to that heart, God, that needs it the most. I know, God, there's brokenness here, and I feel your presence stirring. So, oh, God, give them courage to step out and let this stuff go. In Jesus' name we pray. All of God's people said, Amen. They get us a song playing. You come this morning if you got a need. You need to have a little talk with Jesus this morning. I want you to come. All over this building, you may be struggling today. You say, preacher, I can't understand, or I, I'm hurting in this fashion, or I'm hurting in this way. I know the healer of all that hurt you're dealing with today. Preacher, you don't understand what she done to me. I know some of us have dealt with, a, had a hand dealt to us that seems unfair. But that doesn't mean I hold on to it, continue to hurt my life. Today I say I'm letting this thing go. I'm burying the hatchet. I'm going to forgive them. I'm going to forgive them just as Christ forgave me. I'm going to forgive the situation that I'm going through. I'm going to forgive that person. Who is it in your life this morning that you just need to let some things go between you and them? It starts with your decision, not theirs. But preacher, they wronged me. Your healing starts with you. It starts with you. But I didn't do nothing. But you're the one that's still hurting. You're the one that's still hurting, not them. It starts right now, right here. It starts with you saying, God... Today I make a decision to let this go. Today I empty my ammunition. Today I'm not going to let it play in my mind ever again. 
When it comes to my mind, I'm going to declare in the name of Jesus, Satan, get behind me. I know what you're up to. I know what you're trying to do to me. I'm going to do that. 